Hey, lovely to be with you. I'm Michael, for those who don't know me. I asked my wife if I should wear, if I should wear this T-shirt tonight, and she said, um, yeah, if you want to, she said. And, and I said, you gave it for, to me for my birthday, didn't you? She said, yes, I did. It was a number of years ago now. I thought, old guy's rule. I, thought, I wasn't quite sure how to take that. You know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? She said, I didn't give it to you because of what it says. I gave it to you because of the motorbike, and I know that you like to ride motorbikes. But I, I just felt... You know, it, and I didn't wear it for a number of years. I had to kind of grow into it. I thought, no, I'm not an old guy yet. I'm not going to wear that. So I stuck it away, and it would kind of make its way to the top, push it down again. But after two or three years of that, I, I thought, no, this is the time. So I put it on proudly. A, and uh, I think the challenge is, and I felt this was a pr prophetic message for tonight, is that every season that we're in, we have to take hold of God in that season. You know, if you're young, so that's under the age of whatever Pastor Sheridan's age is. He's 52 now, isn't he? 52. So if you're under 52, you're young. If you're over 52, you're old. So, or older. So nothing in between. But whatever season you're in, take hold of God in that season. And be all that God wants you to be in that season. You know, we're living in incredible times, aren't we? I think our generation has never experienced a world war. And we are living on the precipice of perhaps some would say World War III in Europe. I certainly hope it won't be. But certainly what's happening in the Ukraine, we've never seen anything like that before in our lifetimes. And so it's easy to feel un uncertain. It's easy to feel unsettled. And yet we're talking about the role of the Holy Spirit tonight. And the Holy Spirit wants us to give us certainty in the midst of uncertainty. He wants us to be light that brings out God's color in the midst of the darkness in which we face. And so what I'm going to do tonight is I just want to lay a bit of a scriptural foundation about the role of the Holy Spirit, and then I want to talk about three C's, three ways in which the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. I want to talk about conviction, I want to talk about conversion, and I want to talk about commissioning tonight. So if we get to the end of that, it'll be job well done, and we'll all go home rejoicing and have supper or whatever we do after church on a Sunday night. That'll be cool. No COVID parties, by the way, after church tonight, all right? Just, okay, that wouldn't be good. That was a couple of weeks ago, yeah. Okay, you can do it once, but not to be repeated. If you've got your Bibles, let's turn to 1 John chapter 2, 1 to 2. Um, some things may appear on the screen. Oh, look at that. Amazing. And uh, here John's writing, and he says, Dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case with the Father, he is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins, not in our sins, but for the sins of the whole world. The word advocate there is a bit of a legal, we think of it in terms of legal terminology, don't we, an advocate. But it's actually an English translation of the Greek word paraclete, which means one who comes alongside. So Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, pleading our case on behalf of us. Probably right now he's saying, Michael's not doing so well, Dad. I think he needs a bit of a help. You know, send him a few legions of angels to spice up his message. So, um, so, so you know, Jesus is doing that. And uh, then Jesus uh, rises from the dead. He's crucified and he rises from the dead and he ascends to heaven. And we read this next scripture in John chapter 14. And these are the words of Jesus to his disciples. Imagine you know, you've been living with Jesus, you've been part of the journey, and Jesus says, look, I'm going, but there's a promise. And here's the promise in John chapter 14, verses 15 to 17. 
If you love me and obey my commandments, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you will know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Interesting language that John uses. We'll come to that. He lives with you, but soon he will be in you. And so Jesus promises another advocate. Again, that Greek word paraclete, one who will come alongside. The Holy Spirit is to come alongside us to be our helper, our counselor, our instructor on the journey of life. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. And then Luke goes on and Luke says in Acts chapter 1, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And Luke's writing about the difference that the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, makes in people's lives. So what's the holy role of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life? Here's a little quote from John Little. He wrote an amazing little book called Know What You Believe. He wrote another little book knowing Know Why You Believe. And in that, it's on the screen for you, he wrote this about the Holy Spirit. He said, He is most vitally and intimately involved in our initial conversion and birth into the family of God, as well as the ongoing development of our Christian lives. Knowledge of and intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit brings us power, joy, and hope. I like that. The role of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life is to bring us power and joy and hope. And when we neglect him through an ignorance or indifference, we ensure spiritual poverty. That's pretty tough language, isn't it? But I think it's so true. When we neglect the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we choose to live at a lower level than what God intended. The Holy Spirit is not a mere force. The Holy Spirit is a person. And there are a number of scriptures. I'm just going to go through some. I don't expect you to remember them. You've got, a, am sure, the U version or something. You can look it up on that if you're interested. But you'll find passages in the Bible that talk about trying or testing the Holy Spirit. Acts 5 and verse 9, grieving him in Ephesians 4.30, lying to him in Acts 5.3, speaking against the Holy Spirit in Matthew 12.31 and 32. The significance of these scriptures is this is what you could do to a mate, couldn't it? Couldn't you? You know, have you ever done that? Have you ever, have you ever tested one of your friends? Have you ever grieved one of your friends? Have you ever perhaps told an untruth to one of your friends? Speaking against the Holy Spirit, I think I said that in Matthew 12, 31, 32. Resisting him in Acts 7, 51. Insulting him in Hebrews 10, 29. And being forbidden by him to do something in Acts 16, 6 and 7. This is when Paul's on one of his missionary journeys. He's at Bithynia and he's about to head off in that direction. And the Holy Spirit says, no, I want you to go to Mesopotamia. And so it changes the direction in which he was heading. And I felt prophetically tonight that some of us can be in those situations. I felt prophetically tonight that someone, and you know, you've been heading in a certain direction, and that's been okay, but right now it's just not working for you as it used to. There's a frustration there. And that's because the Holy Spirit say, actually, I'm opening up a new door for you. So don't barge through the door that's closing. Just hold back and allow the Holy Spirit to open a new door for you. 
If that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you, there should be a witness for you. It won't be something you've heard for the first time. They'll be like, oh yeah, I think that might be. Tomorrow when you're opening your Bible, maybe God will speak to you through the pages of the scripture and you think, oh, Michael was talking last night and I think Jesus is talking to me this morning. Is that a coincidence? And then you go to activate this group this, um, in the coming week and they're praying for you and they're saying, hey, we just really feel that God's leading you in a new direction. And you realize that that is how God leads us and guides us. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Francis Chan states, I haven't got this on the screen, so sorry, have to listen to me. So see how you go. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an indistinct power or thing. I often hear people refer to the Holy Spirit as an it, as if the, the Spirit is a thing or a force that we can control or use. The Holy Spirit is a person who has personal relationships, not only um, believers, as we have seen, but also the Father and the Son. So you're getting the message. The Holy Spirit wants to come alongside to lead us and to guide us. Um, you know, I just felt when I was putting on this, um, this T-shirt, I, I just felt it was a, a Holy Spirit thing. I didn't have to do it. I'm not going to ask the Holy Spirit what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow. I know what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow. I'm going to have, what am I having for breakfast tomorrow, Gillian? <laughs> no, it's not porridge. It's the uncooked form of porridge. What's that called? Birch and muesli. I'm having birch and muesli tomorrow with pears and yogurt, pumpkin seeds, and, and with some walnuts on top. I don't need to ask the Holy Spirit what I'm having for breakfast. But sometimes the Holy Spirit will just give you those promptings and nudgings. Hey, Michael, put on that T-shirt. Old guys rock. You need to take advantage of the season that you're in. There are people in the room that need to take advantage of the season they're in. I don't think God's ever told me what to wear before on a, on a Sunday night. Sometimes Jillian's told me what to wear. And sometimes I do get Jillian and Jesus confused. They're pretty close in my mind, but it didn't happen tonight. Okay, John chapter 16, verses 13 to 15. Those of you who are married will understand. Those of you who are not married will come to understand in the days that lie ahead. Okay, John 16, 13 to 15. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory, telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. And so the Holy Spirit continues to bring us revelation. We haven't got Jesus, you know, walking with us. I went to Morrinsville today. Jillian and I went to Morrinsville delivered a food parcel. Thank you so much for your generosity with your giving that enabled Gillian and I to go to Morrinsville. It wasn't even a work day. Gillian works in Morrinsville. Do you know that many roads lead to Morrinsville? It's true. And so we went on one of those to Morrinsville and we delivered a food parcel. And um, the lady was just delighted. So thank you for your generosity that enabled that. That was amazing. Don't know why I said that, but there we go. The role of the Holy Spirit in our lives can be seen in three areas. The first area is conviction. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you and guide you. Think of a map. Does anyone know what a, a map looks like? You know, a real map, a paper map? Is anyone, do you know what that looks like? You do, yes. You're an older gentleman, aren't you? <laughs> Old guys rule. <laughs> you know, if you get a map, I, I was saying this morning, um, I was at chapel this morning, and I was saying, I remember back in the 1980s, I think it was, maybe it was, I don't know, you lose... You lose track of time when you get to my age. When you're driving at night, you used to have to get a torch 
Anyone remember what those are? They don't, you know, they're not just on your phone. They actually come as a little, yeah, that's right. You know, never heard of that, have you? No. And you just have to look at the map to see where you're going, and you try and memorise it. And then you drive for about 10 minutes, and you think, I think I might be lost now. So you pull over on the side of the road, you get out the map, and you look again and think, oh, no, I was right for the first five minutes. Now I'm over here. I need to, and you try and remember the next 10 minutes. Does anyone remember that? Oh, not many of us. And some of you aren't telling the truth, but it's all right. You're in church. But, you know, a map is no good unless it's orientated in the right direction. You know, you have to put it north if it's, if it's orientated in that way. If you put it to the nor- northwest or the northeast, um, you're in trouble. The map needs the right orientation. And what the Holy Spirit does in your life and my life is he points us in the right direction so that we can really know what God is saying to us. There are two ways in which the Holy Spirit does that. Sorry, this is a bit of theology, but Pastor Sheridan survived my theology classes while he was looking out the window, thinking about Activate Green. So um, you'll be fine. Jan was a very attentive student, and she used to type up all his notes, I think. I know, amazing. Just amazing. So first of all, there's general revelation. So God speaks us through general revelation, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, nature, history, and conscience. Has anyone been out and seen the stars lately? They're absolutely amazing, especially when you live out in Eureka, because there's not much out in Eureka apart from stars. So, and you look up and you see the stars and you're just filled with a sense of wonder and awe. Wow, God, you're amazing. And you're concerned about me? God speaks to people through creation. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, it talks about that the world has a witness in creation, that we're without excuse to understand that there is a God there because creation testifies to the reality of God. There's that scripture that if we don't praise God, even the rocks and stones will start to sink. So we look at creation, we see something of God. History. Can you see how God's been working in your life over a period of time? That you're in the right place at the right time? Some of you know that I grew up in Levin. And you will have heard me say there aren't many of us left in Levin, but we've gone all over the nation, all over the world. And everyone knows someone from Levin. Put your hand up if you know someone from Levin. There we are. Look at that. Amazing. See, I told you it was true. And... um, so from, from Levin, I don't know why I was talking about Levin. Oh, yes, history. I was in Levin, and I decided at the age of 25 that I was going to be single for the rest of my days because I knew all the girls in Levin, and there weren't any that were interested in me or I was interested in them. So I went, I went roaming the world looking for a wife. I, I went to a Contiki tour for 18 to 35s when I was still in that age bracket, and I met this um, South African Jewess in Florence and took her for this romantic buggy ride around Florence, you know, horse and cart. And I felt in the middle of that journey the Holy Spirit saying, she was into yachting, I was into gardening. I, I, mean, I thought, uh, Holy Spirit saying, in the midst of this romantic buggy ride around Florence, this isn't going to work, Michael, is it? So I came back to live in. I thought, well, this confirms it. I've roamed the world looking for a wife. I'm definitely going to be single for the rest of my days. Unbeknown to me, Gillian was in Christchurch. We'd both been through broken engagements. Gillian thought Jeanette was in Christchurch in a rut, so she went to Hamilton, came here to Hamilton, did the family medicine training program, and um, transferred as a long-term locum, Gillian's a, a GP, to live in. I go to see my doctor who brought me into this world, and there's this locum sitting in the chair asking me all these questions about, you went to Bible college, I see, and da-da-da. I thought, come on, doc, just give me the script. I would have walked in in my stubbies, Probably I would have left my gumboots at the door because I was a well-trained orchardist. I would have walked in on my socks. 
and, um, and, that, and that was the beginning of the end, of a good end. <laughs> so I can look back over my life. I'm sure you can look over your life and just see how God has joined the dots for you. Conscience. You know, often I think it's not a matter of whether it's right or wrong. It's whether we choose to do what's right or wrong. And, um, and you know, instinctively we often know what God is asking us to do. And I think, I, I just really felt prophetically that God is is saying to us today, you know, what, what's the next step that God's wanting you to say that you're bucking against right now? And so God will guide anyone in those areas. And then for those of us that received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, there's special revelation because we're special, not so much because we're special, but because God's special. And when you become a Christian, your spirit becomes alive to the things of God. So suddenly the Bible comes alive for you. You know, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but suddenly there's revelation and you see things that you've never seen before. Suddenly there are spiritual gifts. We're going to talk about these in weeks that follow. There's prophecy and words of knowledge and wisdom that come available and operate in your life. Suddenly you're part of a community of faith for people who will pray with you and journey with you and help you discern what God's will and purpose for your life is. And so we have that special revelation. You know, God's conviction is a little bit like a GPS in the sense that if you just have one satellite on a GPS, it's not going to tell you where you are. You need at least three satellites so it can do the triangulation to work out where you are. And, you know, when you have a prophetic word, uh, and then to a prophetic word you read something, like I said before, in the Bible that alludes to that, you get together with your activate group and they're praying with you and they witness to that, then suddenly you've got an understanding of perhaps what the next step is for you. And that's how God's conviction works in our lives through the Holy Spirit. I can remember once uh, when I was an orchardist, time's going quickly, so I'll keep pushing ahead. I remember once when I was an orchardist, um, I, I would start at six in the morning, I'd finish at six at night, and I was, I was addicted to television. I used to just blob out in front of TV until TV switched off. It was about 10.30, I think it switched off then, back in the 1980s, and when it switched off, there was a little Kiwi that got into a satellite dish, and he went to sleep in there. You can find it on YouTube, probably. I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me at that time in my life, Michael, for every hour of television, I want one hour with you. Now, did that mean everyone in the whole world, was, the Holy Spirit was saying, everyone in the whole world, an hour of TV, an hour with God? Not at all. But for me, at that time in my life, as I responded to that, there was God's grace to respond and it brought freedom and liberty into my life. I don't have to do that anymore, but in that season of my life, that's what God was asking me to do. That's how the Holy Spirit comes alongside. And I feel for some of you, the Holy Spirit's asking you to do something, and you're saying, but no one else has to do that. Absolutely no one else had to spend an hour with Jesus for every hour of television. But for me, it's what brought me life at that time in my Christian life. That's how the Holy Spirit works in your life. So reach out and take hold of that. The second thing I want to talk about this morning is the whole area of conversion. I used to think that I had to do conversion. And so I used to love arguing my mates into the kingdom of God. And living on a Friday night, there's not a lot to do. That might surprise you. So me and my mates used to round up our atheist friends and we'd take them to the Presbyterian Church. Why the Presbyterian Church, you might ask? Because they had the best food on a Friday night and they had the best girls. So there was two reasons for being at the Presbyterian Church on a Friday night. And we would argue our atheist mates into the kingdom. And, and some of them would make a commitment. But I've found, you know, if I can talk someone into the kingdom, someone else can talk them out of the kingdom. It's the work of the Holy Spirit to bring 
conversion in people's lives. We're simply to share something of our story and something of God's story. And the Holy Spirit will do only what the Holy Spirit can do. And so Gillian and I have learned over the years just to share something of our story. You might have heard something of our story when our daughter Catherine, we adopted her at 10 days old. When she was 12, she started jumping out of windows. And every time she jumped out of a window, we put a window stay on that window until she jumped out of all of the windows in the house, and all the windows had window stays. We listed her as a missing person with the police 20 times. We, um, we went looking for her on the streets most Friday nights. But God was with us. Did God cause that? Absolutely not. But God was with us on that journey, and we saw some amazing miracles in the midst of that journey. And that's part of our story. And when we share God's faithfulness, Sheridan and Jan were marvellous. I remember you guys encouraging us in that journey because it was pretty tough. And you guys were friends that stood alongside us and encouraged us because without friends, I don't think we'd ever got through that season. But when we share that story with others, we testify to something of God's faithfulness in our lives. And so understand it's not your job to bring people to faith. It's your job, the role of the Holy Spirit, to share your story and God's story and how your story is part of God's story and then to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work. I feel my watch buzzing, but I'm just ignoring it for presence, so it'll be okay. Genesis, um, Genesis, Matthew chapter 5, 14 to 16 in the Message Bible puts it this way. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors of the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't think that you're going to hide under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to be open with God, your generous Father in heaven. I love that thought that we bring out God's color. You know, we're all different. Look to the person to your left and your right. They're different, aren't they? The Bible talks about being a peculiar people. I don't, I don't know. Just saying, I'm not saying that the person next to you is peculiar. I'm just saying the Bible says they're a peculiar people. Although Nikita can see how that can relate to Jay, which could be problematic in their marriage. But I'm sure they'll get through it. Pray for them. They'll be good to go. We're all different sizes, different shapes. But God uses us to tell something of our story. There are people that you can reach that no one else can reach. There's a passage in Galatians chapter 5, 22 to 26. I'm not going to read it for the sake of time. But from the Message Bible, I just love the way it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. It says, We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Or I love this bit, legalism is helpless bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Amongst those who belong to Christ, everything is connected. Getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good, crucified. Ain't that the truth? So have a read of that sometime. I'm sure that you will enjoy that. It's a great passage of Scripture. Commissioning. The Holy Spirit wants to commission us and wants to give us spiritual gifts. We're going to talk about this in the weeks that come. But when you become a Christian, you get all of the Holy Spirit. It's not like when Jay becomes a Christian, he gets like 50% of the Holy Spirit. He gets all of the Holy Spirit. But there are different dimensions of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. I can can relate. I think Pastor Sheridan would be mortified. Imagine if he had a, a V8 but it was throttled back. I understand you can get V8s and you flick a switch and they just go on four cylinders. So imagine, 
Pastor Sheeran has this amazing V8, but he's driving it around on four cylinders. Don't you think that would be frustrating? I think you'd probably hotwire it, don't you, and <laughs> free up the other four pretty quick. But sometimes we can live our Christian lives like that. It's like we were built to be a V8, but we're just operating on four cylinders. When we open ourselves up to the commissioning of the Holy Spirit, open ourselves up to the Holy Spirit ministering with spiritual gifts, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, healing, it's like operating on eight cylinders instead of four. Did Pastor Sheridan have a V8 in his car? Absolutely. Was he driving it like a V8? Absolutely not. Not until he discovered the missing four cylinders. And so I understand as we kind of talk about this more in the time to come, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is opening ourselves up to the different dimensions that God has for us. And we see the difference that that makes in people's lives. Um, Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4, I'm going to skip through that, is talking about Pentecost and when they were filled by the Spirit. But Peter was one of the people filled by the Spirit. Do you remember Peter? Do you remember what he did when people came up to him and said, Peter, are you one of Jesus' followers? What did he do? He denied him. And there was a three times. But then a little bit later on in Acts chapter 2 and verse 41, if we can have that scripture, Peter's preaching to the multitude with boldness and 3,000 people come to Christ. What's the difference? He's been filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit, opening yourself up, you know, being in a V8 instead of a four-cylinder, that will give you boldness to be able to share your stories and how your stories fit into God's story and see people come to Christ. John chapter 14, verse 12 says that we'll do even greater works than Jesus. Not that we're going to, you know, I thought, well, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. How can you improve upon that? But it's the more of us. So we will do greater works than Jesus because there'll be more of us praying for the sick, seeing healings, words of knowledge, words of wisdom that will make a difference for the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 7 to 11 says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given. There is given through the, through the same Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing spirits, to another speaking different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and it gives to each one just as he determines. We're going to talk about more about those in the days to come.